Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Well, hello, everybody. What is going on? Today is Thursday. It is the 31st of October. 2019 so it is Halloween I am once again as you can probably tell in the mobile studio I don't know exactly when I will get this thing edited maybe the next day or two I know a lot of times I have plans to do that and it never kind of works out anyway before we jump in with the show let's go ahead and Get our contact info out of the way. I do have a couple of different ways that you can contact me. There is the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio, and if you do that, there, of course, is no limitation on time or anything like that. Or if you want to send me an old-fashioned email... The email address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com, all one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. If you want to check out some of my social media stuff, I do have links for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Recently, I've been putting a few more things out on YouTube, mainly is having to do with, uh, oh kind of everyday sort of fix-it stuff type things. I have uh, recently put out a video on a Dyson vacuum cleaner that I got at a thrift store, and it's sort of me taking that thing apart and cleaning it up and getting it up and running again. And I actually finished up today, although I still have to upload it, the uh, a video that I did just on a quick sewing project in my wife's car, the armrest, the uh, leather there started to crack and it's kind of split open a little bit. And it's a little bit uncomfortable and plus some of the foam is coming out. So she uh, was kind of uh, complaining about that a little bit and I said, well, I think I can maybe sew a quick cover for that thing. So like I said, by the time you hear this, those videos will be up. So if you listen to this, show on a regular basis go ahead and head over to YouTube and subscribe over there I'd like to get uh, I'd like to at least have about a hundred I think I'm in the 70s right now as far as subscribers but if I could get a hundred people I think that'd be pretty good Uh, and it would be nice to know that I'm putting out videos to sort of like-minded people and things like that. So anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, Let's see. What else? Oh, one more bit of nonsense. If you would like to support the show financially over on the website, which is firearmscafe.com, where you'll find, of course, all the buttons for YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I think I said. At the bottom of the page, there is a donation button. And again, if you are ever so inclined... Any donation that you would send my way would be greatly appreciated. All right. On the last couple of shows, we talked a lot about sort of red flag laws and 
what is that going to mean going forward? And since that time, we have seen some things that have happened that have not gone so great. I don't know what the future of red flag laws will be for maybe kind of the rest of the country. I think that there, there may be something that is similar to those. But again, the way that it is now in some of the states where they've passed them, pretty much due process is just a thing of the past. And one of the reasons why we should be so concerned with red flag laws, not just because it affects us in gun world, but if they can make a red flag law that deals with firearms, well, they can pretty much make a red flag law that will deal pretty much with anything. Whether it is a social media post you make, whether they think you're not thinking right, whether you're not voting right, what you know, whatever it is, if they can get rid of your due process on a fundamental right that the Second Amendment uh, enumerates and guarantees, you know, basically the right to self-defense. Uh, you know, who who's to say? Maybe you make an angry post on some social media outlet whether it's Facebook or some future thing, and they say, you know what, we think that is not right thinking, and we're going to come and we're going to lock you up for three days. We're going to evaluate you, and then we're going to take a look and we're going to see what kind of things you're up to. We're going to put a microscope up your butt, so to speak, and we're just going to look around and maybe... We need to have some controls on actually what you can and can't buy. Maybe we need to have some controls on what sites on the internet you can go on. And maybe this stuff is a little bit of uh, hyperbole. Maybe it's a little far-fetched, but maybe not. Uh, we see it happen in other countries, and if it can happen in other countries, they're all, we're all human beings, and so what can happen in one place can definitely happen in another. I know a lot of people say, well, the Constitution will protect us. The, the Constitution will do this. Well, our government hasn't been following the Constitution probably. Well, if we look at places like California, we'd say they probably haven't been doing that for about 50 years. And it's, you know, you know it's interesting. When we really look at when probably California, uh, speaking of that, you know, this again is, is one of the states where they have huge draconian gun laws, uh, they're, they're passing more stuff, they are, their state is so poorly mismanaged, uh, they have massive welfare states, but anyway, if we look back to when they were pretty much uh, the shining jewel of this country, and uh, that's kind of when they had, and the expression kind of came about, you know, so how goes California, goes the rest of the country, meaning that at the time when that thing sort of first came out is again California was very successful it was a, a, a leader it was an innovator and so the things that were happening there were generally considered to be good and those things would you know eventually spread to the rest of the country and then it was sort of it's, it's taken on kind of a derogatory uh, meaning in that saying government is out of control that is massive it's, it's plagued with huge bureaucracies uh, 
and you know we look at some of the problems that they're having in some of their major cities so Los Angeles and San Francisco and I know especially when you're talking about LA it, it includes lots of other places but you see a uh, for the past probably what I'd say 40 maybe again 50 years I don't know if it's been quite that long but that state has gone solidly blue and a lot of times they say that these socialistic and communistic uh, proposals and it's uh, a word I'm looking for uh, basically when, when, when those political philosophies are taken over and are running stuff it usually takes anywhere from 20 to 45 to 50 years or so for it to really start to break down and I think that in looking at California, they've become such this massive welfare state. What we're seeing now is flight. People are fleeing taxation. And I think the state probably would have gone bankrupt years earlier, but you've got Silicon Valley, so you've got a lot of the tech stuff that's there, and then you also have Hollywood, so you meaning that you have the entertainment uh, capital there. And that brings in literally billions and billions of dollars every year so I I, uh, I saw an interesting thing and I can't remember the uh, the video that I was watching but the guy was sort of going over and talking about certain percentages and what's happening there and it was something like California is now rated it used to be rated one of the best places to live it's now rated one of the worst you look at places like uh, LA and especially places like uh, San Francisco they are seeing re-emergence of diseases that were gone for years and years and now are making a comeback um, so anyway all this stuff is to say just be careful look around uh, pay attention to what's going on do I think there's going to be some big apocalyptic event, you know, in the next couple of years or something like that? And uh, I really don't. But pay attention to what goes on in California. Look what programs they're doing. Look what they're doing and see how those things are spilling over. Um, you know, we've got an election coming up next year. A lot of people think Trump is, is going to take it again. He's going to get reelected do another four years a lot of people think no he's going to be out and we're going to get one of these looney tunes that is running in the that the that the democratic party is at least putting up uh, again i and i don't know maybe i've got it wrong but i think that once the primary shakes out i think that what you're going to see is whoever it is is going to kind of step back and they're going to present more of a moderate face because they are not really going to have to work too hard for their own base. Their own base is never going to vote for Trump. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to get they're going to try and have to appeal to those people that sort of jump ship back in 2016. And I think about the only way that they can do that, the only way they can regain those people is to uh, is to be moderate. Uh, 
So one thing that, that some of the doom and gloom people are saying is that Trump will probably be, and I don't know if I agree with any of this stuff, but it's an interesting kind of thought exercise. And some people would say, well, it's not a thought exercise, it's a reality. And that is this, is that Trump will probably be the last Republican president. And again, I don't know. Uh, if he wins in uh, again in 2020, they're going to say, well, that's going to be it. Uh, they're saying that California and New York are, of course, solidly blue and that places like Texas, places like Arizona are starting to go from red to pink. Uh, they're saying that places like Texas and again, uh, places like Arizona are even starting to go from that pink into a purple. Again, I... I don't know. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens with this next election. And, of course, all the talking heads on the, the, on the far right are saying, you know, we've got to vote, we've, we've got to vote for him. We've got to you know, maintain the Senate. We've got to take back the House. We've got to do all this other stuff. Or, you know, we're gonna, our gun rights are going to go away. And they're talking about what... Uh, well, Francis O'Rourke, good old Beto, said about, you know, hell yeah, we're going to come and take your AR-15s and your AK-47s. I don't know what would happen if, if, if something like that were kind of passed and it was put into law and they were actually going to go to people's houses and go door to door because nobody's going to turn anything in or you're going to get such low compliance with that. And this brings up another point. A lot of people say, well, the most of the police, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go door to door. And I, I really beg to differ. And I know I go back and I talk about it a lot, but when we go back to Katrina we see that the police were more than willing to go door to door and gather up firearms. They had zero problem doing that. So I don't think, you know, I, I think people are, especially on maybe on the, on the right, or we'll say even, we'll just say right of center, not even far right, just right of center. I think a lot of people that would consider themselves conservative or consider themselves maybe typical Republicans want to have this belief that the police are, are basically the good guys and they're not going to go door to door and do all this stuff. And I think the, the, what we've seen uh, what, in the, from the past is that's, that's not exactly true. What, how's that phrase going? Past behavior is an excellent predictor of future behavior. I can't remember the actual uh, phrase on that, but it was something very similar to that. And again, it wasn't too long ago, what was it, 2005? So just 14 years ago that they were impeding people's progress. They weren't letting people leave. They were... If you had a boat full of stuff and you had weapons, they confiscated them. They went to people's homes. Now, the interesting thing was is that they didn't go to uh, 
couple of places where the people, it was known that the people had firearms and that everybody there was well armed and that they were saying look we're going to defend ourselves against anybody who comes in here and tries to harm us whether that is criminal gangs or looters or whether that is what we see to be a criminal gang in a blue shirt with a badge and some of those places were just left alone they didn't uh, they didn't do too much there uh, so I've arrived at my destination. So we're going to hear a few little noises there as I shift into park. Uh, again, let's say, what do I think would happen if a confiscation model was, was starting to be implemented? And I think probably what would happen is the police would go, they would show up to a few places, kind of in force, meaning they would probably have four or five of them go to a guy's house. It wouldn't be necessarily a SWAT thing. And they would make some confiscations. And once word of that got out, then I think the next time that they did something like that, and you had four or five officers go, either citizens are going to get killed or the police are going to get killed. And once that happens four or five times or so, you know, they'll, they'll eventually send in SWAT teams for that. Uh, but eventually, you know, I don't know, I, I guess in worst case scenario stuff. And I, again, I've, I've thought about this stuff a lot and I, it's hard to wrap my head around it because I haven't really had to live. I've been very, very fortunate. And most of us that are listening to this have been very, very fortunate in that we haven't had to live through massive civil strife where there is no rule of law and where maybe the people that are supposed to uphold the law are actually the ones that are uh, kind of breaking it the most uh, or contributing to the uh, civil unrest. So if I, if I try and wrap my head around it, what, again, the scenario I see is that once they start doing SWAT teams on people just to try and take guns, I think that what you could see is the SWAT team is going to go into a certain neighborhood. Other neighbors then may say, well, they're going to be coming for me next, and they may start taking shots at them. If that happens, if it got to where it was that bad, they would start doing the military, meaning the National Guard. They would start doing uh, probably the Army. And again, a lot of people think that, well, nobody in the army or in the military is going to go against their own people. They're not going to go against their fellow citizens. In fact, these are their, their brothers and sisters, their wives, their husbands, their, their parents, you know, uh, their family members, their friends. They're not going to go in and go door to door. And again, I don't know how many people in the military would actually say, no, we're absolutely not going to follow these orders. They're unconstitutional. Um, but I think, though, if the military did get involved, I think at that point we would be looking at, and I don't know that it would even be a massive civil war like people think, but I think there would be open skirmishing 
I think anybody in a uniform would probably be a target. Uh, and that might even spill over to the fire department, things like that. And if, if that ever came to pass, you know, we're going to have a total breakdown of rule of law, a total breakdown of, of civil society. Now, again, I'm generally not uh, a uh, doom and gloom kind of guy, but it's, and I, about the only way I can wrap my head around it is having this as a thought exercise. So I would love to hear what you guys think. Um, I would love to hear what you think about how California is, how New York is, how, how Hawaii is. And again, Hawaii is another really good place that's been run by Democrats for years and years. And we're starting to see, though, that it's starting to crumble because they have these massive welfare states. Again, if Hawaii wasn't, and, and all the islands there, weren't these premier vacation destination and wasn't uh, propped up by... Uh, by tourism, I think it probably would have collapsed a long time ago. Uh, so anyway, I'd like to, to get your guys' ideas on kind of what you think. Uh, do you think I'm uh, correct at all? Do you think I'm kind of uh, going off the deep end? Do you think any of the stuff that I talked about has any kind of merit or any validity? Uh, and good or bad, I'd love to hear from you, you know, if you think... Uh, if you go, ah, you know, you're you're wrong, and here's why. I'd love to I'd love to hear about it. Or oh, you're I think you're right on this, but probably wrong on these other things. Uh, again, like I said, I'd love to hear about that. So, uh, since I am at my destination, I think we're going to call this maybe the end of part one. And when we get back, I am going to tell you guys and talk to you guys a little bit about what are some of my plans. I've kind of cemented them as far as what I want to do with some of my guns, what I want to have as far as what I want to call it, like my collection or, or what I would sort of like to have as sort of my, maybe my base, for lack of a better term, arsenal and how much you know ammo I think I should have and, and those type of things. All right, I will get back with you guys here in just a couple of seconds. Hey everybody, I am back. Even though it's only been a couple of seconds for you guys, it's been a real time warp for me. It's been about 19 days since I have found some time to be able to get back and talk with you. In fact, it's been so long I don't really remember too much what I was talking about. I think I talked a little bit about uh, politics and some other stuff. And I know one thing I, I, I may want to circle around back to, which was talking about if there's confiscation, uh, what would that look like and who would do it, that type of stuff. And we may, we may get back to that. I don't know. I think the last thing I had talked about was I was going to maybe go over sort of what are some of my future plans as far as firearm purchases or firearm uh, sales, selling that I'm going to do, that type of stuff. So let's go ahead and let's uh, jump in with that. Or should we maybe talk about some stuff that's happened 
kind of recently. Maybe we'll do that. Let's let's save the gun stuff maybe for uh, toward the end. So a few days ago, there was a shooting at a school, I believe in Santa Clarita, California. I I don't as of today's date, I don't have information on whether the uh, the shooter is still alive. I think two individuals unfortunately lost their lives and another I think three were injured and then and I don't know if that count includes the shooter or not. So uh, I'm I'm always frustrated when they do that when they include the uh, the shooter and either the uh, uh, with the people that had gotten killed or with the people that were injured. I always thought that they should not do that. Uh, anyway, I don't know and I haven't really seen as much or heard as much and partially it's because, or, or I would say almost exclusively because it doesn't really fit the narrative. He didn't use a rifle. Um, what we really see is that when something like this happens, unless it, it can really push the narrative that they want, they don't, they don't tend to care about it too much. Uh, they don't tend to care about the lives that were lost or the, the uh, people that were injured. All they care about is uh, pushing an agenda forward. So I don't think we'll hear too, too much about it. We'll hear a little bit. I did see where some of the Democratic hopefuls have come out and made some statements, but we really, you know, haven't seen too much. And I guess, you know, kind of getting back with that, and, and maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll come back around to the confiscation thing. We're seeing more and more states that are going more Democratic. I don't know if this is just backlash on the sort of the propaganda war on Trump, whether, whether you like Trump or not, or think he's great or think he's bad, or you think he's, let's say that you, you're immune to the, the media hype on both sides, meaning that, you know, the, uh, the right wing stuff is going to say how great he is. The left wing stuff is going to say what a monster he is. But let's say that you're just like, eh, I don't really care what they say one way or other. If he does something good, I'll, I'll give him credit. If he does something bad, I'll call him to the carpet on it. Even with all that, you have to, I think if you're looking at this objectively, you have to say that, boy, the press is all over him. And that there really is kind of almost a, uh, a propaganda type war. Now, to be fair... On the right, there was sort of a propaganda war against Obama. Some of it was deserved, some of it not. We saw that he did try and do a lot of gun control stuff, tried to go through sort of back doors, and I think put things in place to where his... I think he was he was smart enough and was more subtle about a lot of things to where you, you didn't necessarily catch him, you know, quote-unquote, red-handed... But his hand was in on it, make, make no mistake. A lot of the things that happened, I don't think would have happened at the levels that they did. You know, when we look at things like Fast and Furious, they're not just going to do that stuff on their own. He is at least going to be made 
aware of it, and, and even if he's given sort of plausible deniability. Uh, you know, if somebody said, well, what if there was a program like that? And he would say, well, you know, that'd probably be a pretty good idea. I, I would never authorize that, but if, if some, boy, if something like that happened, that'd be great. Uh, and where we see that uh, with Trump, he lacks any kind of subtlety, and of course he, he uh, is so ego-driven. I've never, I've, well, I wouldn't say I've never seen anybody as ego-driven as him, because I have, but he is right up there. Man, he he definitely wants credit. He wants uh, that ego of his fed constantly. Uh, so anyway, getting back to what we're seeing is some, uh, we're seeing more and more states are getting uh, Democrats elected as governors. We're seeing that in some of the states, a lot of the legislative houses are kind of going over more to uh, a Democratic majority. Uh, or they're, maybe if they haven't got the majority, they're gaining seats. If you look at uh, in Arizona, we're seeing stuff that is kind of flipping to the Democrats. And I think, again, that is probably because of Trump and the amount of negative press and the amount of propaganda that is uh, being leveled against him and I don't, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if it's going to be a thing. And I can't remember if I talked about this earlier, so I apologize if I did. But, you know, again, if we look at him as a mud monster, if you throw more mud at him, nobody can really tell. It doesn't really do much. You know, maybe some people say like, oh, there's more mud on there. But most people don't. Well, just like, yeah, he's still a mud monster. So... I think the effects that we're seeing are, while it's, it may not affect him, and it may not really affect him in the upcoming election, and with all this impeachment hearing stuff, you know, should we have the impeachment? Should we go forward? What are we going to do? You know, all, the, all these investigations into him. I don't know that it's necessarily going to affect him as much come 2020. It will be very interesting to see. But I do think what's, what we're seeing is that it is motivating Democratic voters to come out and try and at least say, well, let's get some of our people, if we can maybe get more of our people in the legislature, if we can get a Democrat as a governor, maybe in places where a lot of times you don't. Although when you go back and when you look at stuff, the history of most states, a lot of times it kind of goes up and down. You know, Arizona is generally, or, or back and forth, I should say, not necessarily up and down as far as going back and forth in between the parties. If you look at Arizona, it wasn't that long that we had a Democratic governor. Um, in Arizona, where I am at, we now have a, a Democrat as one of our senators, and uh, we've got a Republican, so we've got a Democrat in uh, cinema. And then we've got a Republican in McSally. Now, Cinema uh, is safe, you know, for her six-year term. McSally was appointed to take over for John McCain, who was, you know, technically we'd call him a Republican, but he, he, uh, a lot of the stuff that he did, he, you know, he was called a Rhino Republican in name only. He, I, I was never a big fan of McCain. Uh, for a host of reasons, which I don't necessarily need to get in here, but uh, I thought he cost 
us, and when I say us, I'm, I'm not talking Republican or, or anything. I'm talking people that are are freedom lovers or who are liberty-minded. I think he cost us some uh, some strides going forward. Anyway, McSally has, in 2020, I believe, was would, would have been, excuse me, when... McCain's term would have been up. So for her, she will have to run again. And we see that the husband of Gabrielle Giffords, who was shot a few years ago down in, I believe it was in Tucson, and they have become uh, rabid anti-gun people. And he was a military guy and an astronaut and all this stuff. And so what he is doing, though, but he's a Democrat, and he is vehemently anti-gun, no matter what he says. What he is going to do is he's going to take a page from Cinema's campaign. And I've, we've already kind of seen it. Now, it, it'll be interesting to see if he can stay the course, depending on how the, uh, the campaign goes against McSally. And it looks like that he is probably going to be the, the main guy. When it gets a little closer to time, I don't know if other candidates will come into where he'll have to uh, sort of uh, fight against what we would call sort of like a Democratic primary where he's going to have to go against three or four other candidates to, to see who the party's going to, you know, uh, actually get behind and all that type of stuff. But I think he will probably it. And I think that he will do sort of that I'm this moderate guy, I'm this reasonable person, It'll also be interesting to see, and I, I don't think he is, but it will also be interesting to see what happens when uh, McSally is back on the campaign trail. What is she going to do? You know, she came across as kind of, mm, I heard a lot it was described as cold. I don't, I don't know if that would be the term that I would use and kind of thinking about it now more. I think she came across as maybe unrelatable, which is as a politician, you don't want. You want people to think, well, I'm going to vote for this person because this person is kind of like me or this person maybe believes what I believe. And I think she kind of came across almost as a, like a little Trump mini-me. Little Trump Jr. She really tied her wagon to Trump, and he uh, he came out and stumped for her a little bit, but it, it wasn't enough. So it'll be interesting to see what she does. Is she gonna go super far right, or is she gonna do more moderate type things to where she can say, "Look, you know, I've been in the I've been in the uh, the Senate for a couple of years. I have worked hard for Arizona. Blah blah blah." Or is she gonna go? hard with we need to build the wall we need to do this we need to stay focused blah 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 i think if she does that i think she loses to uh mark kelly i believe is his name Uh, but i think if she goes kind of moderate and says well i'm still a conservative i still believe in you know all your civil liberties and i don't want to take things away from you i want to give you more liberty if she would do something like that i think she'd have a much better chance so, and the reason that stuff like that is important, or well, I guess I should say the reason I used to think it was important is because we needed as many people in the Senate to, 
to sort of stand up for our our gun rights if we're you know if we're going to look at it from a gun rights perspective. And cinema, I don't think. I thought she would be more rabidly anti-gun. I think when push comes to shove, she probably will be. Uh, I don't. I don't have any illusions about Mark Kelly. If he gets in there, he will definitely vote for any gun control that comes down the pipe. Uh, there is no way that, that he won't. Uh, and he will probably lead, try and lead the charge with that stuff. You know, that's maybe where he's going to try and make his bones, so to speak. Um, so this, this upcoming election will be very interesting. You know, they, everybody likes to say, oh, elections have consequences and this, that, and the other thing. As I kind of move forward in time and get older... I become more and more dissatisfied with our electoral process. I become more and more dissatisfied with our representatives. I understand in, in one way why people want term limits. I understand in another way why people say, no, there shouldn't be. The people that say that, no, that there shouldn't be, would say that, well, we need people in government who know what they're doing. And especially if you're maybe more have a, a left-sided slant to it, you would say, we want basically professionals in there, people that know what they're doing. Uh, and if you had people that were more uh, on the, the liberty-sided slant, maybe they would say, well, we should have people that come in, volunteer their time, try and do what's good for the citizenry, the people, and then they go back to their job so that they, the, they're they not career politicians and that we, we shouldn't have people in government who are in there for 30, 40 years, who've never done anything except basically be a politician. And that is where I am getting more and more and more. Also, sometimes people say, well, look, if you, if you impose term limits, you in some ways, take away the choice of the people. You know, you could get a guy, uh, whether you like him or hate him, I tended to like him, like a guy like Ron Paul. Wouldn't you like to have somebody like there in there for 30 or 40 years? And, you know, maybe I would like that, but I can see that uh, in the in the larger picture, it's better to rotate people out, uh, to get, you know, sort of fresh blood and fresh ideas in there. And make it to where it's not such a lucrative position. Okay, if you go in there, you do this job for a few years, maybe you get a small stipend. Maybe you get, instead of $170,000 a year for the rest of your life. So if you, I think if you go into the Senate and you do just one term, you do six years, you get that retirement, and I think you get a whole host of other benefits for, for years and years. I don't know how, I mean, for the, well, not for years and years, for until you die, basically. I don't know what the um, retirement package is if you're elected to the House. So if you go in there and you do your two years and then you get booted out, I don't know what your retirement package is. If you, for the rest of your life, get you know $100,000 or something like that, I'm not sure. I should... I should hit pause here and then uh, go ahead and look that up.
Okay, so I went and did a little bit of cursory looking here on the phone. But uh, it looks like... So you've got, you've got the Senate and then you've got the House. So it looks like what they say is you're not eligible to get your full retirement stuff unless you've served for at least five years. Well, of course, senators all serve for six. So I'm sure that's how they voted that plan in to make sure. House of Representative people are a little different because their term is only uh, two years. So for them, they would have to win re-election a, a couple of, at least a couple of times. They'd have to uh, win their initial thing, serve for two, and then win for two more so that they could get that five-year minimum. Uh, they are paid, you know, like any type of retirement deal. They, they have different plans and stuff out there, but it's still pretty cushy. But especially if you're a senator, again, you could be in one term and then you can, uh, you know, like any other retirement, they start, you get, you get, uh, like where I used to work, you, you have your years of service plus your age and then that does the multiplier and all this other stuff. So they have something similar to that. So, but what it, what it really points out is it, it shows you how desperate a lot of these people in the House are either to get into the Senate or that they are so desperate to win a couple of re-election terms because then they can at least get their benefits and pension kind of going forward. And again, some of them would have to wait until they were older like you would do for any other type of retirement plan. You'd have to wait till probably you're in your 50s or so to be able to get it. Uh, and you're going to have to have a minimum uh, years of service, that type of thing. I'm, I couldn't, it's, it's so convoluted because you have stuff like, well, Snopes says this, and I don't trust Snopes for anything anymore. Uh, not that I ever really did too much, but anyway, the point of it is, is you have these people that are career politicians. Um, I am all in favor of term limits for these guys. So anyway, I'd be interested to hear sort of what your guys' thoughts are on that. But right now, again, what we're seeing is a lot of these people are there to gain power, to do a lot of the insider trading. You know, we, we see again that a few years ago they had the, uh, the act that was put into place saying that the people of Congress aren't going to be able to benefit basically from insider trading that they were, you know, they were, that wasn't going to happen within, I think two years, all the teeth of that stuff. And I can't remember what the name of the bill or the act was that was put into place, but within two years, basically all the teeth of that were quietly taken away. Uh, so anyway, let's kind of jump off of, uh, that bit of politics and let's talk a little bit about go and we'll, we'll circle back around to if it did come to confiscation. So if in places, let's say where, where do we think it would happen first? Well, probably in places like California, New York, New Jersey, places like Hawaii, that's where we would see probably a lot of these things, uh, initiated. And they would start with, okay, you've got to voluntarily turn them in. And then when nobody does, or when very few people do, you would have people that would turn them in just because they would be afraid that if I don't, they're going to arrest me and actually put me in jail. What I, what I think would happen 
would be is that they would come and take the guns from you and then they would they might arrest you they might take you down but i think eventually what would happen is that they would fine you they're much more interested in they would jail certain people uh, but they are much more interested in fining people uh, than they are in locking you know tons and tons of people up like that um Although some people would say, well, the, the, the prison complex and the prison industry would want to, uh, would be in favor of locking up as many people as they can. Uh, but what I think would probably happen is that they would actually find, like I said, some people would be jailed, maybe not for that long, but some people, uh, there would be a few at first who would be set as examples, and then later it would become a thing of they would, they would just go ahead and fine you because they, they want your money more than they want your your body, that type of thing, uh, locked up in a cage somewhere where they actually have to maybe take care of you a little bit or house you. I guess I should say they're not ever really going to take care of you. But eventually what would happen is you would have to have, again, those people are going to come out. Well, who's going to come get you? It's going to be the police. And I was watching the Think Like a Cop channel, which I actually like. I like uh, the guy who runs it, Rick I think his name is Rick Gore. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't have a lot of the same beliefs that he has, I don't think. But on a lot of them, I do. I think he seems to be a pretty liberty-minded guy. And again, his channel is Think Like a Cop on YouTube. And uh, you know what? We'll talk a little bit about YouTube here in a second, too. But after after I get done kind of recommending his channel... He was a guy, I believe he was in the Air Force for a while, and then he was a policeman in California, and uh, he has since retired. I, I don't know how many years. Sometimes he'll say he's, he had about 30 years of service. I don't know if that means for him when he says that, if he means that he combined with his time in the Air Force and then his time on the police force that he had 30 years. But what he does is... A lot of the videos that we see, he'll go down and he'll break things down. And he'll say, well, this is what's happening. Or or when the police are giving conferences, he's saying, well, this is what they're really saying. And this is why they want to uh, fire this guy immediately. Or this is why they want to keep him on because then, because then they can compel him to do stuff, blah, 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 blah. Or this is why this guy, you know, quit or, you know, something like that. And he is not a guy who is a... Uh, a 100% cop supporter. He's also not a guy who's a 100% cop hater type thing. I think he he does a good job, I think, of trying to say, okay, well, this is the reality of the situation and this is what's going to happen. And sometimes he'll, he'll say, well, look, I'm not saying I support this, but I'm telling you what's going to happen because, you know, government is going to protect itself. It's not going to necessarily, it's not that they have any love for this person as an individual, but they want to keep their power. They want to make sure that they can still do what they want to do type thing. And he does a really good job of explaining that. So I would recommend go over there, subscribe to him or watch a couple of his videos, see what you think. Watch about maybe five or six of them. Pick out ones that maybe you're interested in and what you think, uh, you know, maybe that would uh, uh, a subject or, or a, an event that's that's transpired that intrigues you and look at them and see if does his views kind of coincide with yours. Do they not? Uh, if you have views that are the same, 
ask yourself, well, why are they the same? If you have views that are different, ask yourself, well, why would they be different? And sort of see, again, look at your belief system, put that through the kind of that crucible again, the crucible and uh, uh, put it to the fire and see if you are falling into positional thinking or if you're still, you're still keeping with uh, principled thinking. And we've, we've talked about the difference between positional and, and principled thinking and belief based on, uh, on principles are going to be, uh, it's going to be much harder for you to uh, be swayed as opposed if you have belief just based on position. Uh, anyway, let's talk a little bit about YouTube and then what we'll do is we'll get to the gun stuff here. Uh, YouTube has done... A lot of people I know in principle are, are they don't watch YouTube anymore. I still think you should. I think you should subscribe to and and watch as many gun stuff as you can on there. Get the views out there. Keep it as popular as possible. I know that they're a uh, crummy company who's uh, taken over by leftists and and uh, taken over by anti-gun people. And it seemed in the past they didn't really care one way or the other, uh, but that has gone. So I don't know. Maybe maybe. In a few years, the pendulum will sort of swing back to just normal where they're not uh, on a crusade. But they've changed their terms of service again, which, of course, they're free to do. But they've changed their terms of service, basically saying that they can get rid of any channel that they feel is not profitable for them. So what they're basically saying is, look, we're not running a charity here. And if your channel doesn't get any views, you're taking up space. And if it doesn't make us money... And, and it's such a wide net that they're doing when they're, when they're saying that. Because what they could say is even if you had a small channel who doesn't put out a lot, but he's popular, they could say, oh, well, there's people that come here and they watch his videos and then they go maybe watch something else. Even if this guy isn't monetized, we get kind of a spillover from uh, this guy's car channel or this lady's, maybe she's got a, a craft channel or something like that. Or maybe even she's got uh, a gun channel or something. But they, they, they can look at sort of their analytics and they can say, well, people watch her channel and then they go over to this guy's channel who's monetized and we can, you know, sell some advertising on it. So they're going to be able to cast the, the net and look at the numbers any way that they want and, and they're going to be able to interpret them any way they want to meet their needs. So I'm not saying that they're not going to do that. But when they say that if it's not profitable for us, basically what that means is that they can they can twist the numbers any way that they want. And even if you have a channel that's pretty popular, if it's saying stuff that they don't like, not even if it has to do with guns, let's say they're, they're critical of the left or they're critical of... Or, or, or of maybe YouTube in general, or they're, they're critical of social media or something like that, and they're saying things that isn't aren't PC, they're going to be able to say, even if that channel was profitable, they're going to be able to say, well, because this person is controversial, it's causing people to, our numbers show that because this person is on our platform, it's causing people to leave. And so it's costing us money, even though we're making money off of this guy, even though we, you know, in theory, quote unquote, make a profit, they're going to say, well, we don't make a profit anymore because the money he brings in doesn't doesn't balance out the sheet 
on the money that we're losing by people leaving our platform and not coming back, that type of thing. So basically, it's just another way to where they can say, well, yeah, here's our terms of service, but you know, we're, you're not following them, or even if you are following them, if you could, if you could show, if you sued them, if you could show, well, you know, I've, I'm not, uh, I'm not really violating anything, or you have these other people that are violating and you're not, you're not doing anything with them, you're not holding them up to the same standard, again, what they'll be able to say is, well, you're not making us any money, so goodbye. And I don't know, you know, the thing is, YouTube is so big, I don't know what will happen. I don't, uh, and and for gun gun guys, and, and, you know, I used to harp on this stuff a lot more, full 30, I've just, I've basically given up on them. I will probably never, ever be able to have my little small goofy videos over there. Uh, I've seen people that are on full 30, they've got like five videos, they, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would have more videos on there than that, but I've also got videos over on Gunstreamer. Uh, and what I, what I'll try and do in the show notes is maybe put a link and I'll, I'll see if I can't get a, um, maybe a, a button to put on for over there to, uh, go to, um, to Gunstreamer. But again, it's such a niche thing. I don't know if it, if it will last. Uh, YouTube is still the, 500 pound gorilla in the room and they, they probably will be for the foreseeable future uh, unless they kind of eat themselves I don't and I don't know if that's what's going to happen it'd be interesting to, to see what you guys think anyway let's talk about well, my arsenal and some of my plans here going forward as far as with my guns I've talked about in the past a little bit that I've I want to kind of maybe pare down some of my guns and get rid of some of the things and and uh use the the money that I get from those sales to buy some other things. I still want to get a uh, a little Ruger 380, the LCP2. I want to get that for deep concealment. There's also a couple other things that I've wanted to get for a long long time. I've always wanted to get a uh, lever action and there's two lever action rifles that I've always wanted to get. I do have a 357 revolver, and I always wanted to get a matching lever action to go with it. So I wanted to get maybe a Marlin uh, or a Winchester or something like that. I'm kind of partial more towards Marlin, but or even the Henrys if they have the side gate. And I think eventually Henrys will come out with that in 357 uh, Magnum and probably in 44 Magnum eventually, uh, depending on how the sales of their stuff goes now. But uh, they kind of did some. I guess cowboy action guns, I don't, you know, we'll see how that stuff goes. Anyway, I wanted to get that, and I wanted to get a, a, a 4570. And the one that I, I know that Henry has a 4570 with their, with their side gate. I know that that's one that they've, on their website, you can get one. I think it's around like $1,200. You can also get, but Marlin makes some, and supposedly... Even though there's been a lot of criticism of the quality control with Marlin and everything, as far as, um, as far I got to actually start moving now, guys. So we're gonna hear a little bit of change. I got to get to my next destination here. So you're gonna hear some car sounds and things like that. But anyway. 
supposedly, I think that Marlin is doing some stuff where they are trying to up their quality control. I know when Remington kind of came in and I think it was Remington that kind of came in and, and uh, took over some stuff. what uh, sorry I'm a little distracted here but anyway but I think um, some people are saying well you know there's a few little things that you need to do and if you do this you can have a really good reliable firearm and you still got to kind of be careful with you know the type of ammo that you're putting in make sure that it's either you know got a good crimp or this that and the other thing because they're still loading it up into a tube it's like a shotgun um the one thing I was kind of, that I liked about the Marlin stuff, which was their guide gun in the 4570, I liked the. Um, there, there's a couple. One of them is the, the. I like the stainless. I also like the regular, the one that's blued. They also have one in 4570 that's called their Dark Series, which it just looks cool. It's everything is all black on it. It does have wood furniture, but the wood furniture has been blacked and it's got like this weird kind of texture on it, which I don't know if I'm 100% on that, but I still kind of like, I, I like the look of it. I just think it looks cool. And uh, as you know, all of us out there, a lot of times we they say, well, why do you want that? And it's just like, well, it's just cool. It looks good or it'd be fun to have. So I may try and get rid of a couple of my other rifles uh, and we'll sort of see what I what I'd like to get, but I'd like to get a couple of lever guns. Uh, and I, like I said, I've have I have some. I've got a couple of rifles and a couple of shotguns that really I thought I would use more, or that I would they may maybe be pressed into service as more of a oh this will be a good uh, self defense rifle or you know a rifle for uh, when the when the sugar hits the fan. And I think that I've, I've kind of had a little bit of a, a philosophical shift on some of that stuff. Um, I still would love to get a Rifle Dynamics AK. I don't know that I ever will. They are so pricey. Maybe if I, again, if I sold some stuff or if I came into some money, um, you know, that type of thing, I, I, I might, you know, spring for one. I, I know the one that I want. Uh, but again, they're like twenty-two to twenty-four hundred dollars, depending on what you what what you're going to get. And uh, I have my AK, AK that if you've gone on to YouTube and looked at some of my videos, I've done some of uh, upgrades, and that's going to be kind of my fun thing. And I, you know, if 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 we're looking at that when the sugar hits the fan stuff, for me, I would probably take one of my ARs. To, to be a rifle that I would have as that. Uh, if, if I had to use my AK, I wouldn't feel undergunned. The AK that I have is definitely not a, it's not a piece of crap, but it's not a, it's not a top of the line, you know, thing that I would say, oh, this is going to be kind of a good battle rifle to have. Uh, my, my ARs, again, not top of the line, but I think the quality of them I, I, and, and the fact that all that stuff has sort of been debugged and, and uh, I, I, I would trust my life to those things and I would trust my life to them if I had to do them long term. Um, so anyway, I am arriving at my destination. I think on the ride home, I will uh, maybe 
do another segment here and then we'll we'll kind of call it to a close all right i will talk to you in a couple of seconds this time it for sure won't be uh, 19 days or so hey guess what i am back and this time it's only been about an hour so I did pretty good so I was talking about different guns and things that I would like to get and uh, talking about some of those lever actions like I said with the with the Marlins it seems like that's it's it's, I've kind of narrowed those down between that and maybe the um, the Henry Uh, and especially with uh, with the Henry, I was kind of, you know, a little disappointed with in the Henry in that the Marlin, I think they're about the same size uh, firearm and everything, same size rifle, but it seemed like the Marlin, I think you got 6 plus 1 in there, 45, 70, and in the Henry, I think it was just 3. So I don't know if maybe they're doing that, designing it for saying, oh, it's... It's maybe more for hunting type thing, and so this this would uh, coincide with regulations a little more. Um, although usually with with rifle stuff, you don't you're not limited. Uh, I know with with my I have a uh, a Remington uh, 270 that I've had for years and years, and that holds you know five in the little magazine. And if I if I loaded one into the course it's an internal box magazine so you can't you can't put one in the chamber and then you know unload and and have six so it only holds five Uh, but I I don't know I I really like the look of of the Henry's although you know I was talking about before I really like the the look of that Marlin dark their dark series I just thought oh man that's a cool looking gun so those are some of the things that I would like to have. As far as handguns go, one thing that I've been looking into, or has been, I guess I should say has been intriguing me lately, is the 10 millimeter. And the thing that I was looking at that I thought was kind of neat was the, I guess there's the, the Glock 20, which is sort of, probably about the same size as maybe like a Glock 21 which is it's just chambered in uh, 45 ACP but the uh, the 10 millimeter in that Glock uh, the Glock 20 I get I think is the standard is like a 15 round magazine and I thought oh I wouldn't and I'd like to have maybe a, a I don't know if I want to go necessarily with an MOS uh, or if I want to have it maybe milled for what I was going to use which is for me for right now would be the uh, the Trijicon RMR I kind of think I'm, I'm more in line with that as opposed to maybe like the the loophole or something like that that aim point uh, was it the Arco is sounds intriguing but also you know what's really kind of um, intriguing me or interesting me as well or is piquing my interest, I guess that's a little bit better way to say it, is 
the Holosuns. I, I think I'm going to try some of those. I've heard really nothing but good stuff, especially uh, it, it seems like they've kind of listened and kind of figured stuff out. Uh, and maybe the technology is sort of catching up uh, with them. But I've everything I've heard about the Holosun uh, from people that have that, uh, have had them and used them. Of course, I don't know some of these people personally, but you, know, you, you see them on... YouTube, and if it were one or two guys, you'd say, ah, well, maybe is, is this what it is? But you're starting to see it over a vast range of people, vast range of channels, people that don't, that aren't, you know, it's not getting sent to them or anything like that. But there's also people whose opinions I, I uh, respect, and I think that they're, they're, they're legitimate. I, you know, I think I would trust their opinion. Uh, so I'm looking at some of those. Um, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about doing, and I don't know if it'll if it'll happen, but uh, with some of the Black Friday stuff, I know Optics Planets has some good deals sometimes. Uh, but I'm looking, I'm gonna look around for some of the uh, good Black Friday deals, and maybe looking at getting a couple of the Hollow Sun things. I've been saving up some money, uh, and then kind of getting back to the actual firearms though, and those lever guns. I will probably buy those unless I just found a smoking deal at a pawn shop or something like that. I will probably buy those privately because I'll get a, a, a better deal on some of those things. And then what I'd like to know from you guys is if you have a Marlin or if you if you have, a, does anybody have the side gate stuff for on the Henry's? And have you had any experience with those? I guess my question on that would be, did they do it right as far as as far as what you can tell if you have one? Whether you have one of those other calibers like the, I don't know, the 30, 38 or whatever they, 38, 30 or whatever they've got, I, I, you know, that they did them in those cowboy loads. What was your experience with that with the Henrys? Uh, again, I wouldn't mind getting a, a Henry. I, I think probably for the 4570, just because I would like to have a little bit larger capacity and have it hold more than, you know, three plus one. Uh, I like the six plus one of the Marlin. Uh, and again, I don't have any, uh, what would we call it, like brand loyalty type thing or any really any preference. I like the look of the Henry. I think that it's a beautiful gun. And I might, if they come out with one uh, side gate, side loading gate maybe in that 357 or a 44 magnum but especially with that 357 the 38357 loading or chambering i guess i could call it uh, i would love to have something like that and it would be really nice to have a uh, a nice henry that you know to kind of go along with that and just to have something that's you know a really pretty gun uh, looks nice and would be fun to shoot and that could also, if need be, could be pressed into uh, pressed into service. Let's circle back a little bit and talk about uh, again the 10 millimeter. Uh, I kind of left off on that, but I also like the I think they call it the Glock 40 and the MOS, which is that it's it's a much longer slide, uh, and I thought something like that would be ideal for. Uh, going up out into the woods or up into the mountains uh, where you might encounter something uh, especially out here 
you know, you're not going to really encounter a grizzly, but you could encounter a uh, black bear. You could encounter uh, things like, uh, although people wouldn't say, well, you know, how, what, what kind of a threat could a, something like a bobcat do? Well, a bobcat can tear you to pieces pretty easy. It may not kill you, but boy, it can really damage you. Uh, and it, it, you know, again, it's not that it's not that great big a thing. But you know, out here we also have mountain lion. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff out here that can do some damage to you. Uh, if if you're looking at the javelina, the 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 uh, you know, they can tear you up if you're not careful. So. I, I had thought something like that would be nice and maybe have it on a, on a uh, on maybe some type of a chest rig or something like that. So uh, anyway, I think that is uh, maybe going to do it kind of right now for some of my dream guns and what I want to do, that type of thing. Uh, I got my daughter's leftover stuff. You can probably hear that rattling around in here anyway. Um, let's see. I... Uh, I think that's it. Also, if you guys have had experience with a 10 millimeter, either with the Glock 20 or with that Glock 40, the MOS, what did you think about it? What did you think about fit and finish? Um, what did you think about? How, was it a, a, a snappy shooter, a soft shooter? Was it more of a the recoil, more of a push impulse type thing? Uh, probably in the next three or four weeks or so, I will. Uh, maybe go to go out to the range go out to one of the, the local ranges and see if I can't find one that has maybe a Glock 40 or, or a Glock uh, it'd be great if I could find one that had a Glock 40 but find something in a 10 millimeter see what I can do take a few shots I know that the ammo and everything is more expensive for the, the 10 millimeter and a little bit more expensive also for that 4570 and I would probably maybe look at doing some hand loading. I might even at a later date get into casting my own bullets, that type of things. What's your opinion on, if, if you guys have any, on maybe going with an aftermarket barrel? And I think, oh, what was the name of it? They, they had really good, um, it's like KNY or something. There's something like that that's an aftermarket barrel that's supposed to have a really good reputation. So what are some aftermarket barrels that that you would suggest so that I could maybe then shoot lead through them, uh, that type of thing. So anyway, um, let me know what you guys' thoughts on there. I would love to hear uh, some experience. I have a, a, a your, uh, with a 4570 or some of the lever guns in general, what are some um, aftermarket parts that you think should be put in there or that are maybe a good idea what are some sort of looking for like procedures or what are some things that you can do uh, either as kind of doing your own little bit of home gunsmithing or taking it to a gunsmithing and, or a gunsmith who specializes in lever stuff and say hey do this type of job for me or should I replace this type of trigger or should I you know blah 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 or should I replace the follower in the tube that type of stuff give me some hints on that um, with the uh, 4570, if I depending on if I can sell a couple of things, that may be a Christmas present for me. I have a uh, uh, one of my buddies has a 4570. I'm not sure what brand he has, but we may be going out and shooting that here in the next couple of weeks. 
uh, out at the range. All right, I am pulling up to my destination. This will be, I think, the end of the show, so drawing it to a close. I hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for sticking around with me for the kind of the long hiatus that we've had. I will uh, try and get the shows out when I can, and I'm also going to try and do a little bit more with my armed ape stuff. So I will talk to you guys next time. Black coffee, I'm so dizzy. Black coffee, please get dizzy. Oh, 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 nothing to get home. Black coffee, I'm in trouble. I'm so dizzy. Please get dizzy. Man, 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 I'm not gonna get home. I'm in trouble. I'm so dizzy. Please get dizzy. Oh, 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 oh. Now I'm not gonna get home.